G'day punters, I'm Mark Duclos. Welcome along to this week's episode of Behind the Boxes. It's actually our last episode for 2021 before we go into a short break. Got a big show coming up. I'm going to talk with the leading UK trainer, Peter Harnden, GRNSW board member, Kevin Gordon will be along to discuss the Canamble Carnival, which in 2022, the first one will be staged over the long weekend in January. We're going to review the Dapto Megastar and the Newcastle Cup. My old China plate, Timmy the Battler, New Bowlers with us. G'day, Battler. Hey, what a massive week it's been. The announcement of the world's richest distance race, 500,000 to the winner. It staged at your home track of the gardens. Yeah, g'day, jerk. Exciting news, isn't it? I'm a proud neighbour, Castro, and I think a lot of people know that. And, yeah, it was great to hear uh, last Friday when the announcement came through that the richest staying race in the world will be conducted in Newcastle at the Gardens. As you said, uh, I've got a, a great affinity with the track. I was working uh, at the uh, track in the early days when it was getting built, and in the uh, first couple of years it was open. Only live family home four or five minutes up the road. So uh, it is great news. Um, it's great that uh, the race has gone to a regional area like we saw the Country Classic go to Dubbo. Uh, as we know, uh, the majority of our, our participants are in the regional areas, Duke. So, yeah, it'll be exciting for the town. There's no doubt in the world they'll get right behind it because that's what Newcastle do. They love their own, and I can see them really pumping it up in, in the weeks leading up to uh, the race. So, yeah, exciting times, uh, Duke. Well, the $500,000 distance race has certainly made headlines, not just here in Australia, but across the world. And right now I'm joined by leading UK greyhound trader, Peter Harnden, who has expressed interest in bringing a dog down under to try and take home our cash. Pete, welcome along to Behind the Boxes. This would be a bold move if you were able to bring it off. Yeah, the world's a changing place and travelling over to Australia nowadays, as much as you think it's the other side of the world, it's actually not that bad anymore. Uh, I've looked at the costs. It's not too uh, enormous anymore. And really, the welfare of the dogs is a lot better than what it would have been. So, you know, you can guarantee that the dog will get there in one piece and be able to compete in how it should be. So they've changed the rules over the recent years, the Australian Quarantine uh, Service. You're now required to have a rabies shot for the dog uh, at least six months prior to travel. And they've, they've reduced that quarantine period here in Australia, Pete, where you only have to spend 10 days in quarantine for the dog. Yeah, that, that's, the, that's the big difference. The rabies jabs, they're not no issue. It was always a quarantine. So you couldn't really take a, a, a star like Pippi over there and leave with somebody for weeks on end. But 10 days, that's not an issue. As long as the kennels are all okay, and I can imagine there would be, you know, the 10 days isn't an issue. She'll settle down okay, come out and go into a training kennel over there with me. And uh, we've just got to sort that side of it to our tips. I only just heard about the half million dollars and it just picked my ears up. I thought we could only ever dream of that sort of money. I mean, I think our Derby once upon a time was 250,000. It's yeah. still good at Toast, really. They put big money into it, Toaster. So you're probably talking $400,000 now, but that's for four Ben dogs. Well, your four Ben dogs are running for a million dollars. And I was told that there's two of them this year. So, you know, it's not just me, other people in people in Ireland are waking up to the fact that the, the big money is in, in Australia. Uh, and if you want to earn the money, these dogs are good enough. You know, there's not much difference between our dogs and yours. I, I can assure you of that. And uh, staying yeah. racing over in England is big. We had, a, we had a long chat on Saturday night and we were talking about a lot of things, greyhound racing, both in the UK and here in Australia. Um, and again, you know, a race like our million dollar chase in 2022, there is two runnings of it. Um, <laughs> Give us, can you give us an, uh, an idea as to how uh, UK Greyhound participants, how they view Australian Greyhound racing and how they view uh, our setups, our facilities, our racing and our, and our chases? Well, I think the biggest thing was when COVID lockdown came on and you carried on racing through that. Um, people like myself, we've always punted. We, we understand Greyhounds and because we couldn't punt on our own Greyhounds, we all started watching Australia. And I think it was through COVID that really, really, we all picked our eyes up to what Australia do and the few of your tracks and, you know, the conditions, it's just unbelievable. You know, I'd probably say Toaster is the closest we've got on a level to you guys. And, uh, you know, your timing boxes where you, you, you can see the times come out, your splits. Ireland, I've started doing it, but to try and get it over here, it's just like 
people don't want to do it. People don't want to improve. And we all shout about it. We go on Twitter and we ask to have these sorts of same things about what you've got. But it just doesn't seem to be happening very fast over here. And it's, it's old-fashioned and we've got to get into the 21st century. And you guys have. And you're showing the way. And I just wish some of these people who had the actual chances to change things watched and looked at yours and thought, we want to get there. But they're earning good money, so why should they? Well, they need to. Yeah. Oh, look, I've been lucky enough to, to travel the world and see Greyhound Racing. I, I was at uh, the old Wembley. I, I went to Wimbledon. I've been to Craverd. I've been to Hove. I've been to Shelburne Park and Harold's Crossing in, in Ireland. Um, I, and I have to agree with you, Pete. The, the one thing that is so paramount for us here is the preparation of the tracks. Um, and I've got to say, when I, when I, the last time I, I went to Wimbledon, I was, I was quite amazed, um, the depth of, of sand and just the lack of preparation. Like we've got a tractor that goes around levelling the, the surface, you know, in between every race. Um, never saw that once. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... I, I do think we, we've had a new guy come on board now from the horse racing side. He used to be a, a chap working with Godolphin. So, you know, he's a very talented chap. I, I like the chap. And for me, if I was in charge, the first thing I would do would be asking him, before we employ you, will you be happy enough to go for a month to Australia? You've got millions of pounds what you've invested in preparation and technology. We've not had that money. We've not had the chance to do that sort of research. You have. So, you know, instead of us spending the money again, what's already been spent, because you've spent it, let's piggyback on the back of you guys, get over there, learn from you, and get somebody to come back and bring this million pound technology back, what you've invested in. And uh, it's just a shame that we've not done it. Yeah, and, and again, mate, when we talk about prize money, um, now, Salakas Pippi is, is your, the stayer that you're interested in bringing down. Uh, so you won your first Category 1 a few weeks back when she won the Hunt Cup at Toaster. Uh, she then won at Crayford, another Category 1. So I think you'd been trying for 20-odd years, and within a few weeks you'd, you'd won two. But your Category 1s are equivalent to our Group 1s. Uh, our Group 1s are a minimum of 75000 Australian to the winner, 40000 quid. Tell us what sort of money you're earning as a, as a Category 1 winner. Uh, I think the Hunt Cup was good prize money for England, which was £12,500. Uh, the Cesarevich was 10000 So I've probably earned $50,000 for two wins. Two Group 1s. Two Group 1s. So over there... What you're talking, 150 minimum. Minimum, yeah. That's it, and it's just, it's just a massive difference. Just a massive difference, and that has implications everywhere. You know, our normal races compared to you guys, the, the pennies, and you know, it all impacts on the welfare. You know, the, you're paying for kennelands, how many kennelands you can have, heating costs, and everything. It's just that's why your facilities are so much better, and you know, you've got on top of the antis a little bit in the welfare side of things over there, and you can with that sort of money because. You know, welfare does cost and we need this money coming in from the same people who pay you guys, pay us, and they seem to pay you more and they're, they're happy enough to get away with paying us less. So yeah. it's, it's got to change. I'll speak about Salakas, Pippi, in just a moment, but just to, to give our viewers and our listeners a, a bit of an idea as to your training setup, your kennel complex is at Ruddington. Uh, it's 130 miles north of London. Uh, your nearest track is Nottingham and up until uh, earlier this year you were racing there, which is literally only five minutes or five miles away from Ruddington, but you switch tracks. You're now racing at Toaster, which is around about 60 miles south of Ruddington. Um, again, it, I've, I've been to Toaster, I've seen the track, and to me, it's probably the closest thing that we get to uh, a Greyhound track in Australia. The facilities and the amenities are very, very good there. Yeah, it is. And, you know, the promoter there, he, he is a true promoter. He's trying to boost Greyhound racing. He's getting the people in. It's not solely about the media rights, selling the pictures. He wants the atmosphere at the track. And it is. It's a great atmosphere. I never really raced on Saturday nights because I used to always go out with a wife and, you know, the Saturday nights were my sort of night off. Uh, and I race Saturday nights there now. And it's just like a night out. It's so enjoyable. You know, it's really, really re-energised myself and a lot of the other trainers you know that guy is trying to change the way the sports run and uh, I thought I've got to go and try and support him and do what I can so you've got, you've, yeah you've got around 50 dogs in work again just tell us about prize money at Toaster where you race at uh, for yeah. a normal say a normal graded race what, what are you getting for a win there uh, a normal graded race uh, for a win there would be £140 so what $280 
So yeah, I won't that be able to yeah. $1,500 over to you, over at your place. Minimum, yeah. Yeah, see, and, and over here at this point in time, that's not too bad. So When are you coming down, Pete? When are you, you going to make the move? i tell you what, do you know what it feels? But actually, I have got a nephew who's younger and he's still like, going to take over. Uh, and I've got a really good friend over in Ireland, in Lee and Dowling, and we have discussed so, so much about what it would take to get another kennel over in Australia and get over there, because... It's not just solely about the money. It's the lifestyle you can lead and how you can do it, the dogs and everything. Can it's if we want to do it and you want to do it properly, you know, Australia's the place. Um, I know there is rumours that you know they might start out in Saudi Arabia, starting a track over there. There's plenty of money over in Saudi Arabia. You know, I, I think there'll be greyhounds racing is growing. I can see it's growing in Australia. It's the money what's in there. It's massive. We have gotten tired at the top of the welfare side of things. You know, if the bad apple turns up now, they're out, they're gone very quickly. I know it definitely is sorted over over your country. Uh, and we're over on top of it over here now. You know, we've done the welfare for a long time. There's a fair bit more to go, but we're getting there. So now we can start thinking about promoting and, and pushing the sport forward. Uh, and we need everyone on board with that to get it so it can be financed and get the money how it should be. Yeah. Let's talk about Salakas, Pippi. Uh, as I said, she won a Category 1 at uh, your home track of Toaster, and, and we're seeing a replay of that. Now, uh, again, a really gutsy type of chaser. Bounced out in front on the... Well, I was going to say on the arm. We have an arm, but you've got the outside lure. So, you know, got to keep clear air out in front, um, and they just simply couldn't run her down, mate. Yeah, I was suffering early on. When she come back out of season, she's always been the sort that needs plenty of work, and she was suffering with the cramping issues. And in the first round of this competition, she got picked up by a really good, strong stayer. But that wasn't her full running. I knew she was suffering with a bit of cramp and we had to get on top of those things. Uh, and I took advice from a few different people. And come the final, she has got good early pace. That's one thing about Pippi. She can pace up. You know, she's not really hit the lids on that one there. She's not hit the lids like she can do. And for a stayer, the sectionals, what she will do early on, are superb. So, and, you know, they don't pick up. This was 712, I think, at Toaster, or 720. And when she went to Crayford, that was 874. But I don't think you actually have any races over in Australia that far, do you? No, no. So our, our longest race is, say, 725, 732, maybe yeah. absolute tops. And that's See, now, see that's it. It's a cakewalk for her, that. Yeah. Hey, listen, I, I meant to mention also an Aussie connection with Salakas Pippi. Uh, her sire is Definite Opinion. Definite Opinion is by Surf Lorian. Uh, yeah. A greyhound, obviously, that stood at start, had great success here. Terrific race dog that was trained by uh, one of our legends in Tony Zammett. Um, so that Aussie connection, as far as the breeding, I know we've sent a lot of stud dogs to the UK in the past. And obviously now with, uh, you know, frozen semen, it makes it a whole lot easier. What sort of, you know, with the stud dogs from Australia, how are they viewed by breeders in the UK? Are they in demand? They, they were very in demand. I think people are now starting to think we've got too much Australian blood and they're starting to try and get, they were looking at American, but now they're starting to try and get a bit more of our, our genuine bloodlines back in a little bit. I know people have started to put a bit of coursing blood in there to strengthen the dogs up. So it's, it's switching it round. I know we've had English dogs come over to you and uh, they've made massive changes to some of your breeding. Just so, the outcross, uh, mate, yeah. Yeah, that's it. So it's it's like everything. You do not want too much of one thing. So, yeah, I mean, like Fernando Bale, I have seen a few which are on the ground. And actually, they haven't turned out quite as good as I would have thought so. And yet, some of these bitches would have been top class because to spend the money on Fernando Bale would have been a lot of money. So, you know, you think they'd put over some good bitches. But well, he's been a, yeah, he's been a revelation over here. Obviously, he was the first million-dollar dog uh, when you had to win a million dollars and you couldn't just win it in one race. Uh, leading sire, champion sire. And, and you're right, mate, it's like any stud dog. Um, they get a good bitch. It's no guarantee you're going to get winners. Hey, listen, uh, when, when do you think it's a, a realistic possibility of someone from the UK like yourself coming down under with a dog campaigning for one of our big races, mate? I think in the next two years, there'll be definitely dogs come over to Australia. I 100% think between here and Ireland, there will be dogs coming off, over to Australia. Whether they stay in Australia afterwards, is to see. You know, if they, if they go and win one of your million-dollar races, 
why bring them back home if there's another race further on down the line? Settle down. I think you're getting a bit in front of yourself there, bud. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> that hey, listen, that did you see the cricket? Did you see the cricket last week? <laughs> you don't always win everything. You have to understand that. That's the thing. Yeah, but it's will we get the test. will we get the money out? Will we get the money out? That's the that's the thing. Hey, mate, great chatting with you. Uh, I'd love to stay in touch with you throughout next year. Uh, this is our last show for 2021. So uh, it, we're ending on a, on a big high having someone like yourself on there, mate. I really appreciate it. And as I said, we would love to see uh, see the palms, the, the, you know, from the motherland come down under and take us on again, buddy. Definitely. Thanks very much. Hey, bad luck. We're making headlines all <laughs> over the world and with good cause as well because we've said it. So many mm. other people have said it to us. Has there ever been a better time for yeah. New South Wales Greyhound Racing? Uh, in a nutshell, no, Jim. No. Uh, and we can just see the traction we're getting overseas by these big announcements, these big record prize money races. Uh, fantastic to see that we are getting uh, worldwide attention uh, for these races here in New South Wales. So, yeah, uh, we'll see what happens down the track, Duke, uh, in uh, in uh, years to come. But, yeah, it's it's great to see and uh, wouldn't it be fantastic if we get, a, you know, an international flavour to uh, the carnival or any carnival here in New South White Wales? One thing is we will uh, uh, welcome them, welcome anyone with open hands, Duke. Yeah. And look, Battler, we have had a precedent, uh, you know, a number of years back. We had uh, dogs from overseas come down for the Top Gun. Um, they do face an uphill battle. I mean, you know, the variances in, as we just heard from Pete, you know, they, they race with an outside lure. They're seated as far as their box draws. They only have six starters in a race and they're coming down under after an arduous plane trip. Um, it is a tough task. But again, if we can get that coverage overseas, imagine what it does for Greyhound Racing, particularly here in New South Wales. Oh, it'll be a bloody tough assignment, Duke. There's no doubt about it. Um, they happen to win it. It'd be just remarkable, really. Uh, but... Uh, Getting that attention is the big thing. We're getting to the rest of the world and telling the rest of the world about Australian Greyhound racing. Um, we, we saw that on the weekend with the attention with this race. So, look, hey, early days, we go back to the, the, the Melbourne Cup in the early days. I know we're talking thoroughbreds and greyhounds, but they're, they're obviously different. But it took a hell of a long time for the, uh, the first uh, international to win a Melbourne Cup, vintage prop. So, and then... I think it was a little while it took after but until the next one. So it's not easy, but it can be done. And it might, you know, might take a few years for it to be done if we can get them coming over each and every year. But it's just great to get that interest, Duke, because, uh, yeah, they're talking about New South Wales Greyhound Racing in all uh, parts of the world. Yep, they sure are. All right, a big race that comes up this Saturday, not in New South Wales, surprisingly, but south of the border in Mexico, it is the Phoenix 750,000 to the winner. The box draw was held last Sunday afternoon. And thankfully for the two New South Wales representatives, they were the first two called up. Ian Gilders with Billy Creek took the rails box. Jack Smith couldn't get up there quick enough, although he did do a dummy and went to the five. And Jungle Juice ends up with box two. The way that this box draw has fallen, uh, those two New South Wales runners, they are definitely into it. I was talking to Jason Lyon from Bathurst last night. He said, don't be surprised about Billy Prick. He said, he can come out running. Um, mm. And we know at the Meadows, mate, the rails is an absolute godsend at times. Yeah, Billy Creek, I think there was one race at Dubbo. He came out running and he might have run 29.40-odd yeah. uh, one night there. So he can certainly put the time on the board when he does get it right. But he has a look, I... The recent runs, he hasn't been coming out like that, but that box one brings him right into the action. If there's any any fanning of that first turn, he'll be punching the rails and he could end up in a winning position working into the back straight. He's strong, we know that. He trialled well in preparation for it. So, hey, you can't underestimate him. He'll go around at probably 40 to one. I think it was 100 to one before the box drawn. If he drew box eight, Duke, he probably would have got around 100 to one because you, you wouldn't think he'd be able to get across. Jungle juice drawn perfectly if he can beat billy creek out and find that rails well he's a chance of leading or just punching punching holding his position into the back we know he's got plenty of strength on his side he went over the 600 recently at dubbo uh he's uh trialing well uh in readiness for the race so 
Hey, this box draws brought them right into contention uh, now. Um, Aston Rupee, he's drawn in the middle. Um, he's going to have his work cut out for him, but we know well, he's particularly big. with the pace coming across from out wide. Kablenz, who's drawn the pin, yeah. Melbourne Cup winner. He he will just charge left. Yeah, and he did trial, I think, a track record at Shepherd, and I think yep. Monday. Uh, Aston so Rupee, yeah. yeah, yeah, Aston Rupee. Uh, look, Kablenz, he's just he's just a real race dog, isn't he? He's got. What we talk about all the time, he's got that great box manners and he's got that blinding early spoon. If any dog can get across from box eight at the Meadows in a, in a big, big race like this, it certainly can blend. So, yeah, it's a, an intriguing race. It, it really is an intriguing race now, I think, with the box draw because had, you know, Aston Rupi come up with one and Kablenz two, they would have absolutely dominated the market. You know, I would have said $1.80, probably 320 360 and double figures every other runner probably you know getting it to order the 20 to 1 mark so i think the box draw has really you know i know aston rupee hasn't really got out hard in the market but as far as i'm concerned it's opened the race right up and uh yeah we've got two undeniable chances yeah well that is the big phoenix race coming up at the meadows on saturday evening good luck to ian gilders and billy creek and to Jack and Marie Smith with Jungle Juice. We'd love to take their money and bring it up the Hume Highway. They've come up and, and, and seriously, it's been a procession. The gold has flown to Victoria, although not hey, in recent not, years. Not, not the last couple of no. years. No, hey, we've had $3 million, $3 million chases. Yeah, but let me tell you, before that, for 20 I know. years, yeah, yeah, it, it, was, it headed south quite often. I know. The egg, I think, I don't know. I don't, I've lost count oh. of how many eggs they won in a row, but, uh, yeah, it was getting embarrassing there at, at one stage. But, hey, we've, we've won a few million-dollar chases. Yeah. We're going to keep that, that trend. Leads into, that leads into 2022. What, what a year we've got coming up for us. You and I, I think our jobs are, are safe at the moment, right? Just yeah. due to the volume of work that we've got on, but oh, I don't know. January, yeah, I know. True, there's no <laughs> such. Hey, who cares? It doesn't matter. Um, there's no, no such thing as a certainty in life or racing. But look at this: January we kick off Pools of Thunder uh, National Derby, National Futurity. That just sets the scene for the entire year. Uh, we've got the Country Classic. We've got the first of uh, the two million dollar chases. We've got the Golden Easter egg. We've got the $500,000 distance race. It just goes on and on and on. Mm. Vic Peters, Peter yeah. Mossman. Don't forget the Nationals. The Nationals yeah, are going exactly to go to Sydney yeah. next year. And then again, the second million dollar chase. I think looking through it all, Duke, we are amping up our, our live coverages, which we did one at Dapto uh, last Thursday night. But I think uh, all bar Feb between uh, what, uh, January or yeah, January and September, uh, we've got a live host in every month all bar February. So, yeah, it'll be a busy time. Just feature races galore, basically monthly, all the way through. So it'll be an exciting time to be involved in Greyhound Racing in our gigs as a fan. But I'll tell you what, as an owner and trainer, because I'll tell you, there is a stack of prize money to be won. Timmy, I've got to tell you, so we do try to source dogs for a number of clients that I've had for years and that. Since we announced that race on Friday, I reckon I've had, I mean, I always get phone calls from people looking for a stayer, right? It's just mm, one yeah. of those things. I reckon I've had a dozen phone calls. Yeah. People saying, can you keep your eye out on a stayer? Can you keep, if there's a stayer come up, can you keep your eye? Yeah. I go, the stayer, that's only one race, boys. Yeah. I said, yeah. you know, you've got the middle distance, you've got the, the egg, you've got the chase, but people just love to get a stayer. And, and again, with that money on offer, um, someone did a tally for us the other day and it was just, I, I, look, I, you know, we went to a new level with our prize money, um, graded races now over 440 metres, 2,000 to the winner, mm -hmm. maidens have gone up, uh, we've got another prize money increase coming next year, mm -hmm. that's no secret. Um, I know we sound like a broken bloody record, <laughs> but geez. how yeah. good would it be to have a good dog? <laughs> yeah, yeah any, any good dog, but... Look, it's hard to buy them now. We know that because you've got to have very deep pockets and you've got to pay overs, be prepared to pay overs. Not too many people are prepared to pay overs. I don't like paying overs, but you you have to in this day and age because the prize money's uh, there to be won. And particularly if you're an owner trainer too. Um, yeah, where you keep the lot. Yeah, you get the lot. But if you're just an owner and you're going out to buy one and then you've got to basically pretty much 50-50 with the trainer. So... Uh, you've got to win a big, if you're going to pay the big dollars, you've got to win a big race to make it worthwhile. Uh, but uh, yeah, it'd be, uh, it'd be nice to get a handy one going yeah. into next year, Duke. 
And look, we're getting back to a little bit of normality. We're recording this show today on Wednesday, December the 15th. Masks have come off. Mm. Um, you know, although COVID numbers are up in New South Wales, mm. but we're getting back to those regular things that we were doing pre-COVID, pre-lockdowns and that. So, you know, cross fingers, mm. touch wood, do everything. We just hope 2022 is relatively trouble-free as far as, you know, that side of the things are concerned. Um, and again, when we talk... Greyhound Racing. One of the real iconic carnivals, Timmy, is Canamble. And I'm not sure whether you've been there. I've been to a couple, but I know for a lot of people, bucket list things like going to see the Eiffel Tower or Disneyland or things like that. For a lot of my Greyhound mates, their bucket list thing is to go to Canamble. Joining us now and behind the boxes is Greyhound Racing New South Wales board member Kevin Gordon. And Kev, you've got to be punt fit. And depending on the crew that you're with, you've got to be drink fit as well. <laughs> That's true, Mark. And, and yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it has been a nightmare for the last couple of years. But when, it, when uh, 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 the president, um, Graham Pickering, decided to put it off last year, he just didn't want to let it go for two years without running the carnival. Because you know what it's like, out of sight, out of mind for a lot of people. So we elected to run it in January. Not the best time of the year at Canamble, pretty warm. Uh, however, uh, this is just a... Um, basically um, uh, to follow it up from October of last year, and it will also run in October in 2022 as well. So it'll be like the Million Dollar Chase. We'll have two versions of it in 2022. And Kev, it is one of the great racing carnivals that you can possibly attend. If you love Greyhound Racing, Canamble is just the absolute ultimate for you. Sure. This is the 51st running of it. Um, so they celebrated their 50 years in 2018. Um, of, of the carnival and it's one of the last like you said Drew one of the last real greyhound carnivals we have uh, uh, and I confirmed it last week we've got eight bookmakers which is unheard of I don't know if they even got eight bookmakers to Randwick these days so we've got eight bookmakers there it's it's non-tab and I think that's what's kept the flavour of the carnival the non-tab um, people go there not necessarily for the prize money but the turnover I mean some years they turn over $700,000 of bookmakers over that four or five days of the carnival and, and I think the uh, the other carnival that w was similar to that was Grafton, but it's gone tab. It's still a great carnival, Grafton, don't get me wrong, and what a great facility they have up there now. But it's lost that um, punter versus bookmaker type atmosphere because of the TAB and, and the corporate involvement. And, and Kev, really, you, you can go to Canamble and there's no trouble getting on if you're a punter. The bookmakers will let you on for plenty. Even the first starters, they're prepared to take it, take you on. Like there's always, you know, the trainers and the owners, they get there with the first starter. They think they've got the quickest dog in the race. So there's no no worries about getting on because there's that punter betting, uh, punter bookmaker duel. And it's great to be in a, that's what I miss, being in a bookmaking ring like that, seeing the punters take on the bookies. Well, uh, the last year we ran it two years ago, two and a half, two and a half years ago, a lot of the uh, a lot of the Grand Race New South Wales uh, staff came up there who had never been there, including uh, our CEO Tony Meshcroft, and he just couldn't believe the atmosphere. It's like you say, it's like turn the clock back thirty years. There's just people running everywhere, pushing people out of the way, um, you know, with their hats and sunglasses on, <laughs> trying to get their bets on, and and yeah, you can. It's 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 crazy to um, it's it usually by um, the end of the carnival, it's a pretty 50-50 cut whether who won the bookmakers or the or the or the punters. But um, it's it's just one of those atmospheres. Um, yeah, the unraced maidens is always three trainers that think they can win each race. So for that reason, um, they can they can uh, they can hold the bet and, and set a book up. Whereas you nearly can't do that these days. So yeah, it's great atmosphere. It's fun um, and it's. Uh, it's certainly, uh, we have to keep it going because it's it's possibly the last of those, definitely the last carnival like like, like it's of its kind in, in, in Australia, actually. Yeah, it is quite iconic. And Kev, for those who don't know or have never been there, next year in January, kicks off on the 26th. Uh, we've got six meetings through until Sunday the 30th. Um, the big race is always, as you say, that maiden race, $12,000 to the winner. Uh, I guess they'd be jumping out of trees trying to trial and keep themselves well under guard and not letting too much get away from them. Well, because it's also, like we said before, about, like Tim said, it's all about the, the punt as well. But, yeah, look, we've got Ned's Whiskey on for the first time as a first-time sponsor there. And so the prize money is $12,000 for a 305-metre scamper. Um, so, obviously, nearly anything that jumps in front can go pretty close to winning. We have a massive cow cutter on the, uh, on the, on the lay day, which this year is the Saturday. 
I think last year there was about fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars in the Calcutta. So it's very, very successful. A lot of money up there, um, and yeah, the, the maiden heats are, are what what we look at. But we've actually, um, you know, when I took over and supported the, the club and uh, six years ago from from uh, one Paul Ambrosoli, the iconic Paul. Um, uh, we just decided to change it around a little. So we now have the, the consolation or the silver finals worth uh, 3,000 and the uh, and the bronze final. So basically, if you go into heat, you can get into one of the finals and it's worth 1,000 to the winner. So it's it's great prize money. Um, and, you know, we've got Garrard's Horse and Hound, uh, who are great supporters. Uh, Darren Garrard, well-known in the harness industries. Um, so Trabadi. So we've got a lot of great sponsors there this year and it's, it's great to have them on board. And Kev, it's not just the big maiden too. There's a plethora of feature races throughout the whole carnival. So there's something for everyone, not just the maidens, you know, your one to two race winners and 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 even your, your higher grade greyhounds. So there's something there for everyone. Yeah, look, the finals day, which this year, this uh, for the first uh, uh, running of this carnival in 2022 is on the Sunday. Usually it's on the Monday. Um, there's $35,000 in prize money to be dished out. So, so it, it's basically a city meeting or close enough to it on the Sunday, isn't it? You know, and uh, and the and the heats are worth reasonable prize money. But uh, I do have an announcement here that uh, I'd like to make now that um, uh, that's uh, uh, big big time this year on the Wednesday night meeting. Greyhound Racing New South Wales have kindly added to the to the prize money. So all all races on the Wednesday night will be full TAB prize money. So that'll be very, very well received by participants. So again, on the Wednesday night, they're all the heats. Um, so, you know, the heats will go from be working 500 to the winner to and some of them worth 2,000 to the winner because they're 500 metre heats. So it's it's greatly appreciated. And, and it just shows that Greyhound Racing New South Wales are very supportive of the country tracks as well as the TAB tracks. Yeah, that's excellent news, Kev. Uh, well done, GRNSW, yet again. Hey, listen, if someone's got a dog they'd like to take to Canamba, we're, we're five or six weeks away from the carnival starting. Um, what options have they got as far as uh, trials and, and race meetings coming up between now and then? Sure. Okay, well, the race meetings will be on the dog's website, but trialling, they can contact Graham Pickering, um, and they'll private trial them any time to suit them. It's not like a lot of the tab tracks where they have set trials. So they'll trial after any of their race meetings, or I can give you an actually a, a number uh, to, con to contact uh, Graham on 0427-320-123. Most people know Graham anyways, um, but he will accommodate trialling. I was talking to him this morning, actually, and he said the trialling starting to really rev up and a lot of people talking about it. So um, so it's, it's, a, it's a great carnival. There's probably around about fifty dollars to $60,000 in prize money, if not more, over that. Um, we've got thirty-five dollars to $40,000 worth of sponsorship. Uh, so it's, it's, it's just great. People love being involved with this carnival. Um, they, they just absolutely love it, yeah. I've, I've never been there, Kev, but I'm hoping to get out <laughs> there next year. What do you keep saying this year? But it's wanting about five or six weeks away. So you're hoping to get there this year for a day or two. We better not let you go. Uh, you're a proud Nova Castrian, like I am. Um, on Friday, we announced the uh, world's richest staying event to be held at the gardens in june next year five hundred thousand dollars to the winner the 715 i've got no doubt been a real buzz around newcastle in the last week or so yeah, it's been a great buzz around australia actually um a lot of i've heard from a lot of people in victoria that sort of want to set their dogs and if i if i take it on uh, the information i've got there'll be about 20 heats because uh <laughs> the people that said they've got a dog that can win the final obviously <laughs> Um, uh, so, but yeah, look, particularly around the Hunter Valley, I mean, I was at the gardens on Friday after it was announced Friday morning, and it's just a talk of the place. I mean, um, uh, other than the, the thoroughbred million dollar race that was on about three weeks ago, mm. other than that, it would have been the richest racing of any code uh, in Newcastle ever. So it's, mm. it's number two behind that million dollar thoroughbred race. So, I mean, and for Greyhound racing participants, I mean, you know, um, I've got to give our CEO, Tony Miscroft, a massive rap. I mean, what, what he's done since he's come in and turned the industry around, we've got a million-dollar chase, um, uh, obviously worth a million dollars. We've got the 600-metre race worth $125,000 to the winner, richest race uh, 600 in, in Australia, in the world. It's a Dubbo, so it's gone regional as well. And then the half-million-dollar one at the Gardens, so over 700. So it's just, it's just great for participants and... Uh, I guess the general buzz is uh, from everyone. There's no better time to be involved in greyhound racing in New South Wales. And I think we'd all back up that. Yeah, and it's certainly a slogan I think we'll be carrying forward into 
2022. Akev, uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you and your family. I know you put a lot into this sport, as well as harness racing. Lock and Barardi, what, what's the latest with him? Come on. Well, he's, uh, he's, uh, he went back down after the controversial uh, Indian final on Saturday night, but went back down on Sunday. And uh, David sent me a video of him this morning having his first uh, bit of fast work. So uh, he's 100% Sam Duke, and uh, he'll be back at the races in uh, mid-January in the Shepherd and Gold Cup, um, which he won this year. I keep thinking like Tim last year. But it was <laughs> so uh, so now he'll be back, and then he'll, he'll head off to the Hunter Cup, which he won again this year, and then the Newcastle Mile. Hope we have a bit better luck with that. And then on to the Miracle Mile. So, but um, yeah, no, he's uh, he's all good, mate. He's all good. Good stuff. Kev, again, uh, thank you for your involvement uh, in the industry. You're a board member of GRNSW, as we said. And, and again, good luck with the Canamble Carnival. They can get in touch with Graham Pickering uh, to find out about trials. But again, best of, best of luck for the future, mate. All right, thanks, Drew. And same to you and your family and to you, Tim. Welcome, welcome aboard GRNSW. You've only been there a couple of months now, I think, but uh, you look like you've got a smile on your face, so you must be enjoying yourself. Uh, since July, Kev, it's been a pretty long four or five. <laughs> been that long, it? Hey, we're getting through. We're getting through. Still busy, but Thanks, guys. Merry Christmas to everyone and Merry Christmas to all participants. Looking forward to Canamble there. Timmy comes up in January, then again in October. Um, boy, oh boy, what a, yes, what a year we've got coming up. Hey, 2021, one of the real highlights came last Thursday night. We were live trackside. We had our uh, showcase presentation being streamed throughout a number of outlets. And, and the feedback, thank you to our viewers, was mm. uh, very, very good. But Ritz Adonna, Mark Gatt wins his second megastar and Ritz Adonna sets a new race record. Yeah, she had the draw to win the race. She was beautifully drawn in box two and she got into that position right behind which we all thought was certain leader, Marvin's girl. She beat Sound of Silence to the punch, and that's where she won the race. 29.43 race record. Mark Gatt's second Dapto Megastar. He won it with Oaks Road in 2011 when it was a group three race back then. That's his home track. He considers it it's his home track. He knows every inch of uh, sand around the track, and, yeah, it meant a hell of a lot to him to take out that race. Homebred um, with Richard Donna, Frankie, his dad owns, and uh, yeah, she was she was just too good. Uh, when Sound of Silence got into that sort of striking position down the back, but you can't run them down. It's better gone, better gone. Yeah, yeah. twenty nine forty three. You cannot run them down when you're running that time in front. Uh, you know, look, box draws win races, and that box draw won her that race. If she and Mark said this, Mark said this. If she drew probably box eight, she had done. Yeah. yeah, she had no hope, but she came up with box two. It just shows you might have the quickest, you might not have the quickest greyhound in the race, but you can still win the race depending on the box draw and how everything else maps. And she did map beautifully. Even though she had box two Duke, she had the leader in three, but then all straight trackers and wide runners in four through to eight. So they weren't all coming across following the leader Marvin's girl across, which allowed her to punch up and just get into that striking position. So, yeah, yeah everything just fell into place uh, for Richard Donna, but she put the time on the board and, yeah, very worthy winner. And she's off to the Group 1 National Futurity next, or the, the big assignment uh, will be the National Futurity in, uh, what, about six weeks' time. Yeah, and, of course, Zipping Kyrgios is a favourite. Uh, Takakardik from Box 4 uh, came out, stepped right, uh, took care of Zipping Kyrgios in the early stages. Uh, he wasn't really a, a, you know, a threat at all after that. Sound of Silence runs second for uh, Frankie and Trace Hurst, Tracy Hurst. And uh, I'm sure Kayla Jane Coleman got a massive thrill out of running third with, with Taka Kardik, who was cricket score odds. Yeah, oh, she got a big thrill. It was like winning the race for Kayla. Uh, she had tears uh, strolling down the cheeks the week before when she won a heat. Uh, with Taka Kardik and he ran a he ran a bottler in finishing third. She was ecstatic. So yeah, it was a really good night, Duke. Uh, good crowd, healthy crowd rolled in. Uh, great racing. Uh, we enjoyed the coverage. We had a bit of fun in the coverage. We had a couple of greyhounds beat, <laughs> which uh, well, well you did anyway. Oh, no, um, no, I got one beat. You got the other one beat. Even more so. Hey, oh, listen, before I forget, right, <laughs> I've got to tell you. I was on the track early, right? And I was doing stand-ups and all that sort of stuff. And and the condition of the venue mm. was outstanding. Yeah. Um, and I've got to give a wrap to, firstly, Lorraine Curry, who is mm. our DAPTO manager there at present. Um, Lorraine's done a great job there for a number of years. 
And to one of our good mates, Johnny McDonald, the curator, right? One of the loveliest blokes you'll ever meet in your life. An avid behind the boxes watcher and listener yeah. and that. Johnny McDonald had that track in absolute tip top condition, as was evidenced by the fact that, mm. you know, Donna went 29.43. But it was also the good the week before, Timmy, at 29.40. And when you look and you do the amount of form that I do and, and you do as well, there's not a lot of variance at that though, mm. right? You'll see some tracks that run. 29.2 one week and then 30-odd the next week. DAPTO is very, very solid as far as the times that they run and put on the board every week. So to Johnny Mac, <laughs> mate, well done, buddy. You did a terrific job. Keep it up. And, uh, mate, I hope you have a great Christmas, Johnny. We'll have a beer next time. You know what? You've just made Johnny's year. Well, well I hope so because, he, mate, he, he's yeah. the one, he's one of the people that makes it safe for people to yeah. race at DAPTO. And, and as you see, he, he had the track. He's always got it in pristine yep. condition. And he's always, he's a character. You turn up, he yells out straight away, waves, laughing away. He, he's always got a smile on his face. And I, I know he was proud of that, that, that race record because at the presentation, Simon, who was doing the actual presentation, he was in the middle and he caught him over and he, I thought, what's Johnny going to say here? He said, race record, race record. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> And <laughs> Simon, Simon announced the race record. So Johnny knew. <laughs> he wasn't happy with me early days, although he was only taking the mickey. But when I was doing my stand-up before we went on air, I, I mark a spot where I, oh. I finish and all that. And I, I finished it. And next minute, Johnny's come over the over yeah. the footy field. <laughs> He's done. Oh, you, you did give me up straight away. He said, oh, Jig's dug a hole in your track. Johnny, <laughs> that's all right, mate. That's all right, Jig. No worries. Gets the tractor out. That was, yeah. it was it was terrific, mate. And again, it's people like Johnny McDonald, mate. The, the reason Greyhound Racing in New South Wales is going, you know, ahead and leaps and bounds. He has so much pride yeah. in what he does. He's not the only one, mm. but he was the only one at that day last week doing the track. So, Johnny mm. Mac, well done, buddy. Yeah, you're, you're spot on. It's all the curators about taking pride in your work. And we've got some great curators here in New South Wales who, who take pride in uh, their work and turn their tracks out in, in outstanding condition. Thursday night into Friday afternoon, uh, Newcastle Cup over the 7.15 metres. Now, for those who haven't seen the race, um, there is a, a bad injury suffered by ice cream story in the home straight. So if you don't want to see that, you can block your eyes and that. But before we show that race, Timmy, here's a photo of ice cream story uh, with the Smith family. Uh, she's recuperating. Um, yeah. Terrible news. Terrible to see it happen. But thankfully, she's on the mend uh, and she will live a life as a brood beach and a well-loved member of the Smith uh, Smith family. Absolutely, she will. Uh, she's been a fantastic race bitch. Uh, she could do it over the shorter 500 metres and then now over the then yeah. over the 700 and the middle distance. But yeah, she uh, it didn't look great viewing, uh, but the good news is she uh, she's recuperating. And as you said, she's going to be, a, she'll live a great life. Uh, and she'll be, I'm sure she's going to uh, throw some, uh, throw plenty of winners down the track. And uh, I dare say her pups would be worth a pretty penny, just quietly, oh, Duke. When they, if anyone, it'd be interesting where, where they go, what side they go to down the track. Obviously, we'll find that in uh, in in, uh, in months to come. But yeah, I'm sure she'll uh, she'll be a great broody. And uh, yeah, she's been she's been a ripping little bitch in her career. Uh, she's made many many feature race finals. And uh, yeah, it was unfortunate what happened. Um, it's, it's well, racing, isn't it? He's, yeah, he's the race now. But when, and look, she sets that hot pace out in front. Mm. Kulbubski, uh, who set the new track record just seven days prior, um, got straight into second behind her. And, and, you know, from the winning post the first time around, it looked like a two-dog match race uh, mm. because they were the two best greyhounds, I, I think, in the race. Um, and unfortunately, as, as we see, you know, she comes into the home straight and she does that hock and... Cool Burbsky. Again, I guess for a greyhound, it's sometimes when they're chasing a dog in front, it's also that dog stops like ice cream mm. did. Sometimes it can create mayhem. Um, mm. Cool Burbsky up along the fence gets the cash. Yeah, for Jason McKay. So, uh, yeah, broke the track record a week earlier. Uh, look, uh, no doubt no one was going to run second behind Ice Cream Story in that race. Um, just snuck up the rails and just a little too good. So I know she's heading to town now on Saturday night at Whitworth Park. Uh, she's racing in, in fantastic fashion. So she's going to be very, very competitive in all of the feature races, which 
uh, Jason targets over probably the next six to 12 months. So, uh, yeah, but as, as we said earlier, good to see Ice Cream was story re- recuperating. But in the end, it was uh, Kool Burbsky who, uh, who reigned supreme. And, uh, look, some good news for Dave Smith. Uh, and, and the Mick and Michelle Jones, the Breeders, etc. Uh, Super Estrella didn't just break the track record at Nara on Monday, absolutely annihilated it. Mm, she's a super bitch, isn't she? she she's a beauty. Um, just put them away. Yeah, didn't just break, as you said, absolutely shattered it. Uh, so there's no doubt that uh, she's right on song for these big features. What have we got? I think in January, the, uh, the Summer Cup at Whitworth Park and then and then, you know, interstate races and then back to Wendy for the Association Cup and then, you know, uh, the 7.15 and she probably head toward um, the middle distance race as well. So if she she maintains a current form and if she does, she's going to be, uh, well, you know, the, in the top three or four uh, contenders for all of those races. She draws box one on Saturday night in the Christmas cheer for the stayers. It's worth $25,000 to the winner. Uh, cool Burbsky draws box three, prim and proper in five, Stanley Road, Group One Association Cup uh, winner. He has drawn box number six. Um, that's the big staying race on Saturday night, but the big feature will be the match race series, the Christmas gift for two dog match races, Babbler. Let's go through them race by race. $25,000 goes to the winner, and the winner is determined by the Greyhound who runs the fastest time on the night. And in the first of them, we've got Bandit Ned, in box number one, up against Fire Legend number five, who will start from box three. Look, Ned's fresh. I spoke to Andy uh, just last week. He said, broke his record up the straight. Uh, he expects him to, to go extremely well, mate. And a two-dog match race, you, gee, you'd think he'd probably lead and, and just win. Yeah, uh, he does look at where he's suited by the uh, the uh, two-dog match race, isn't he? Oh, look, I don't know whether he'd lead. The way Fire Legend has been coming out or can come out, I wouldn't be surprised to see him cross Bandit Net uh, at the first turn, but we, if he's in, in, then he's got fresh air Bandit Net. He can just hook to the outside because he does want to shift up the track. We know that, but he's 29.55 around Woodward Park. Fire Legend's been around Winnie Park a lot of times, and I think his PB is about 29, 29.70 or thereabouts, Duke. So, look, he'll have to run, yeah, 29.70. He'd have to run a career best i think to beat bandit ned and he'd have to really let go mid-race and get away from him but look i think it's made to order for bandit ned and he does look the winner it's made to order also for zipping kyrios in the second of the match races he's up against winlock on top and again for a dog like kyrios and, and look he he is roxel diamond sometimes he comes out sometimes he doesn't um if he comes out who knows what times he, he's going to run if he gets the camp behind winlock on top as you said before with Bandanetti, he just gets that fresh air. He's not running into backs of dogs or anything like that. Yeah, uh, we're lock on, lock on top. He's, geez, been a grand old campaigner. He's been a grand campaigner. He's, he's uh, awarded the uh, Paws of Thunder uh, earlier this year um, after when he ran second in the race. Uh, but yeah, look, he's just he's just not up to Zipping Kiros in the way he, he well, he's had a little bit of freshen up and whatnot. But Zipping Kiros, he'll probably I don't know how short he'll go around. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see the the big, big, big punters open their shoulders and just take the, the skinny quote Kiros because pretty much he's similar. Uh, even if he was led by Winlock on top, he just run him down. And yeah. there's probably a big chance he'll lead him. And if he does lead him, you run 29-4. Winlock on top's not going, uh, you know, he's he's not at the peak of his powers and he'd have to be to beat Zipping Kiros um, in a two-dog match race. And talking about betting, Battler, I know uh, with the corporates, the, the betting on the individual races is probably bigger than what it is as far as trying to find the eventual winner is concerned. Mm-hmm. And, and quite often you'll get a dog like Win, uh, Zipping Kiros, who to me, <clears throat> I would think he'd probably open around a dollar ten, a dollar oh eight, um, maybe even shorter. Yeah. Um, and Winlock on top, you know, it could be a fifteen dollar chance in a two dog race. Yeah, um, I, I, I haven't seen any market yet, Duke, but um, but it's very, very spirited betting, mate. People yeah. love it because it's head to head. Oh, look, if he if he went up a dollar ten, I've got no doubt the punters would chime in. I I actually think he'd probably go up a bit shorter. Um, could be wrong, but. Um, if it was a dollar fifty, I've I've seen it, you know, at different times. They get that dollar, they might open a dollar ten, they touch a dollar eighteen, bang, they step in into a dollar fifteen, into a dollar ten, into a dollar oh eight. So uh yeah, he'll, he'll start be very, very, very skinny. It'll be just interesting what price they do go up 
I wouldn't be shocked if he goes up a dollar eight four. Yeah. Hey, listen, we asked the question last week or the week before about where Wow was uh, because mm. he wasn't in the Dapto Mega Star, he wasn't in the straight track. We now know that Daniel Maddock was getting him set up for the Christmas gift. He goes around in the third of the match races and Wow takes on Zipping Kansas. He draws inside Zipping Kansas, who has three. Wow has box one. Uh, he's got a 29.38 PB at the track battle. I guess the only question is, where is he as far as race fitness and preparation is concerned? Yeah, he won't want to have a chink in his armour. Uh, Zipping Kansas is a very, very quick greyhound. This is uh, the most interesting of all of the, the, the matches, I think, uh, because uh, as you just alluded to, where is he? You know, I, I'd imagine he's trolling pretty good <laughs> if, if Daniel's elected to go straight into this race. Uh, so look, if he turns up and does what WOW does, uh, probably runs 29.4, 29.5. Sipping Kansas would have to run a PB to, uh, to beat him. Uh, Look, don't under underestimate this Greyhound. Uh, massive, massive engine. If there is a little upset, I think it's going to be that race. And I think Sipping uh, Kansas has trolled around the 29.5 market, yeah. from what the spies yep. tell me. So, again, if, if Wow was to miss it off the inside and Sipping Kansas was to come out running, you know, maybe there's a check at the first turn. You don't know. But, mm. look, on times alone, Wow, if he begins, punches up, holds the fence, leads, he's unbeatable. Uh, to me, the the race that I reckon could be a bit of an upset is the last of them. Sound of Silence taking on Coast Model. Sound of Silence will start favourite in this, I imagine. Uh, Andy Lord was very, very bullish about Coast Model. He was bullish about her going into the Dapto Megastar. Uh, he got um, scowls through the kennel, had to scratch all the all the dogs through the Megastar heats. Um, there's not a lot between a battler, and we know that she will more than likely. She will definitely lead Sound of Silence. I guess it depends, again, where fitness is uh, in the run home. Is she going well enough to run 29.6? Well, she's run 29. I think she's run 29.6 there a couple of times, not just yeah. once. But is she going well enough now? You've got the inside mail. I'm Andy Thomas is flying. All right, I'll tell you this. Right, here we go. <laughs> Andy Thomas is flying, mate. Never okay. had her going better in her life. So if she's going better than what she was ever going before, to answer your question, yeah, she would run 29.6. Well, she's got a PB of 29.62. So this could be very interesting. We know what Sound of Silence can do. He, he's got a 29.65. Uh, so she's actually gone quicker. But he'll be suited by the match race. Absolutely. Even if she does burn, she'll burn him off. She'll burn him off. Um, but then can he hold on to a mid-race? And if he does, I think it'd be too strong. But again, if she's running 29.62 in front, it is hard to run them down. So, uh, yeah, that is uh, that that might be another very, very interesting match race. I think the final two, they're, they're the, the, you know, more open of the, the, the four matches. No doubt in the world. All right. Overall times, uh, who are you tipping to win? Hmm. Zipping Kyrgios. Oh, question without notice. Yeah. Mm, Sorry. Zipping Kyrgios. Zipping Kyrgios. If he can go straight to the front, look out. 29 30. Yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw wow in. Mm. You got inside mail there? No, I've got no mail whatsoever. <laughs> but I just know he's he's ideally if he I, I'm banking on him coming out and beating Sipping Kansas to the first turn. Mm. Uh, if he's anywhere near his best at 38. I mean, look, I I, I love match racing and, and I've been harping onto the boys because I did so many of the Speed Star series uh, in Melbourne. Um, I, I know how, like our key demographic with punters is 18 to 30, mm. right? They love it that it's so fast. They also love the match race where it's just head to head. Uh, I'd love to see us put on a, a night of match race series, similar to what they do with the speed star in, uh, in Victoria, mate. Yeah. Thoroughbred punters love it. I've got a lot of mates who are thoroughbred punters. Absolutely love it. Play, love playing the Moldies, you know, $1.08 into $1.15 and $1.60, $1.80, you know, all of that. Um, it is very popular. I love it as well. Um, yeah, so it's going to be a good night, uh, Saturday night. Looking forward to it. Just realised they didn't have the lights on. <laughs> <laughs> you can't remember everything. I'm trying to do, do things like we have these little lights that they've given us from Grand Race in New South Wales. So. It's, it's age, Duke. It's age. Seriously. You've been a television for how many, how many years? Well, mate, 35, <laughs> something like that. 
38 now. I don't know. Your producer, or our producer, I should say, but just yours. Won't he give you a spray? Oh, he will. He'll go, what? I'm not worried about him. I'm worried about Cat Stewart, our editor. He's going to say, how am I going to put that together? Well, Cat, it's like we did last week. There's Jack Smith. Battler's off doing what he's doing. Hey, listen, all right. It's been a, as I said, it's been a really tough year, and the resilience of greyhound uh, people, owners, trainers, breeders, rearers, transporters, breaking in—it's—it's uh, it's amazing. We um, mentioned on that live coverage on Thursday night at Dapdo that we'd lost very, very few meetings because of COVID. Yeah. Um, it's been an up and down year. We lost the million dollar chase. Um, mm. We had the golden Easter egg and things like that. <clears throat> I want to ask you one and one only: your highlight of 2021. For greyhound racing in New South Wales. Okay. Hi. Well, look, as you've just touched on, I think the strength, the resilience, the cooperation of everyone to get through. We 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 lost bugger all meetings as far as COVID was concerned, and and it, it wasn't just yeah yeah it was the, the trainers, the handlers, as you said, couriers, transporters, stewards, you know, club managers, staff. So big shout out to everyone. That was probably you know, as far as off an actual off, off the track that's probably i think the best thing of this year to highlight everyone getting through on the track uh on a personal level my favorite uh race of the year uh, i got a big th- i actually called it uh the group one association cup uh stanley road uh he went around the skinny favorite he was out the back in the early stages he he looked 20 to one on the top turn. He couldn't get through. And then a run presented coming to the home turn. He still gave Fernando Caz a big lead uh, and he knuckled down and stormed up on the inside to grab victory in the last stride. Uh, And I'm really uh, good mates with Mark Gatt. And it was his uh, first group one in New South Wales, Duke. His first group one in New South Wales. He'd won the Perth Cup. He'd won the sewer, the Fanta Bale, I think. It was, was, yeah. yeah, the Stanley, it was Stanley Road at the Meadows. But it was his first group one at Whitworth Park. It meant a hell of a lot to the owner, Eddie Kingswell, who's who's not well. And it, it was just a, a great thrill for me to see Stanley Road not only win the way he did, but it was Mark's first group one in New South Wales. Uh, the story around Eddie. So yeah, I got a big, big thrill out of that. And that was, you know, it's, it's hard to pick the, when you talk about highlights, because you can, there's different highlights. for. Different oh, there's things. a million of them. Yeah. yeah you know, Literally. Tommy Shelby and the golden Easter egg was an elite golden Easter egg. You know, that, that was, that was a great race and just other things, little things, which have happened through the year Even Sunburn highway, just winning all of those races. Duke at when he is one, what, 32 or 33. Now thereabouts, he's closing in on Bessie Boo's record. But if I've got to nail one right down, um, yeah, the group one association cup, just on a personal level mates with Mark and just a little backstory to it as well. My highlight for 2021, um, primarily because of where we were five years ago, where we are today uh, was the the uh, reopening of the Grafton track, the new venue, um, GRNSW, and the government tipped around six or seven million dollars into it, and it just happened to coincide that on uh, Grafton Cup night was five years to the day as far as the announcement of the of the mm. ban and that was concerned. So it was a lot of things um, going through, a lot of emotions that night. Um, people thinking back to where we were that you know we five years before we were gone absolutely mm. up the proverbial mm. uh, and there we were standing at Grafton on the 8th of July with a brand new surface now recognised and regarded as one of the best venues uh, in Australia so I, I guess the, the track and, and that is one thing but to me it was the fact of where we'd been mm. and where we got to in that five years because for a lot of people um, you know it was it was oh. very tough times mate and, and very oh. tough um, mental health with people who mm. have been in the industry and all of a sudden they were told that there was no more industry. So to think of where we were five mm. years ago uh, to there, and I mean, look, it wasn't the only track. We <laughs> Richmond straight track yeah, as well. Yeah, that's right. uh, but it just happened that it coincided with the anniversary and the dates yeah. and all that. Um, so to me, though, you know, it was a great highlight. And, and, mm. and again, we've got plans moving forward. And, you know, people say, oh, you know, how can you keep going with new things? As you and I both know, about, like, there's stuff that's coming in 2022. Mm that's probably going to blow their minds as well. Um, and I'm so proud, honestly. I, yeah. I'm so proud to be part of it now. Yeah, exciting times, Duke. But uh, yeah, 
mentioning the opening of the draft and it was quite remarkable it fell on that night. And yeah, I, I don't think there's anyone in Greyhound Racing who's entrenched like we all are will ever forget that day. Uh, ever forget that day when he made that announcement. I know I nearly collapsed when I when I saw it. And yeah, um, I ended up at the pub that afternoon because I know the meeting I was going to was called off. Um, so yeah, to see where we are um, uh, in this day and age, Duke, it's, it's quite remarkable. Um, yeah. The prize money just across the board, but the features and 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 uh, everything to go with it with the new track. So and yeah, welfare, happy mate. days. We can't, we can't we can't forget welfare because. Yes. That was integral to, to proposing to Vanders. Mm. A welfare program that's been initiated by uh, Tony Mestrov and, and also, you know, obviously now, you know, it's a major focus for it. And that's the thing. It's 2021. It has to be a major focus. We have to put the dogs at the forefront. And, the and old days, the good old days, if you want to call them that, there were also the bad old days. Yeah. You know, hopefully they're gone. And, and let's say that, that welfare and integrity is so mm. paramount in our business now. And that's what will that that will basically guarantee our success moving forward, mate. Absolutely. Without the welfare, it, it's our priority. If we haven't got that right, we're in trouble. Uh, record rehoming numbers, June. Record rehoming numbers this year. So all all, I think it's been a, a it's been an amazing year under very, very challenging uh, circumstances. And I think. We went through the tough time. We're, we're on shaky grounds getting through COVID, but we got through and we've come out and we've come out, come out running, Duke, I think, yeah. and uh, looking forward to a big 2022. Yeah, it's been a look for a lot of people, and not just in our industry, but, you know, it's been a tough couple of years in the set. Today, we, we don't have to wear masks in New South Wales, mm. except in certain circumstances. Um, so let's hope that 2022 is relatively trouble-free. Hey, a couple of uh, events that we haven't mentioned that, like just briefly, uh, the National Straight Track Championship final is held this uh, Sunday at Capalabar, Fibrillation and Olsen Street representing New South Wales. And also uh, last night at Lismore, we had the heats of the Lismore Maiden Classic. Uh, Milligan for Tony Brett, Queensland trainer Tony Brett, made his way over the border, apparently got home okay. Uh, Milligan set the time set of running 23.81. Uh, Tony is looking for his fourth Maiden Classic winner. So a big F and it'll be a big night at Ladbrokes Park, Lismore next week. He can find a handy one, Duke, Tony. Uh, loves Lismore. In that race. Absolutely loves Lismore. He comes down, <laughs> plunders the money, goes home. Hey, Badler, we've been doing this for a few now. Oh, seriously. Got it. You got it. Uh, uh, online shopping. Online shopping. Really? A couple of months ago. So I've kept he, oh, a couple of months. I was going to say. Yeah, so I've kept it. Off. I've kept it. Yeah, I haven't bought any for two or three months now. Probably two months. Yeah. I went hard early, then I got over it. I got really. Now you went it. hard early. There were sumo suits, there were, yeah. you know, martini yeah. glasses and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Hey, mate, we've had a lot of fun. We've, we've known each other for years and years, but this is actually, apart from just doing race nights and hostings and all that, this is the first sort of serious gig we've done. Maybe we should have just left it at doing race nights and hosting. <laughs> Are we confirmed to come back next year? I haven't. Well, we I haven't are, but it. apparently we're having like six weeks off. Really? I think that's only to suit our, our producer, Brad Adam, who, before oh. I forget, big thanks to Brad Oz, big thanks to um, to Kat Stewart, Angela Iskander as well, who uh, knocks up graphics for us and, and that. And uh, no, mate, surely, seriously, you know, getting a little bit sentimental. No. We got, we're not off for that long, are we? Yeah, apparently we're not coming <laughs> back till February. Oh, geez. I don't know why. Sheesh, you're howling you to miss the coin? Please. Yeah, there's plenty. That's right. It's a very deep well. No, no, very not. deep well. But honestly, it's just having to deal with Brad. No, honestly, mate, seriously, it's been, as I said, we, we always have a lot of fun. We are yeah. very serious about our love and passion for the industry. Mm. Um, but it gives us an hour each week. But I'm sure some people use as an insomnia tool. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I got no doubt. I got no doubt. When driving home, thinking they've got to listen to these two gibberers. So, yeah. no, no, it's been good fun, mate. And look, we've had a lot of very, as you and I both know, we've had a lot of very positive feedback, mate. We've yeah. got our potters. We got the antsies against us, oh, but that's right. right. I, like I said to you, Battler, when it first came up a few weeks ago about a couple of blokes potting us, 
Mate, I've been fending them off for 35 years now. <laughs> Don't worry about them. They're a dime a dozen, mate. <laughs> I've got to say, when I've got back to the racetrack, when, when we're actually out of, out of uh, lockdown, uh, I don't think I've been to a, uh, haven't been to a race meeting, meeting where someone hasn't grabbed us or grabbed me and said, oh, really enjoy the show. Keep it going. And I think the part about it is we're New South Wales centric. Century, you know, it, it's yeah, that's, that's what you know. That's we don't cover in other states because it's very hard to to be across every little um, every little um, not incident, but every feature race all around the country. So that's what this show's designed for. And we're, I'm employed by Graham Racing New South Wales. You're a contractor, so yeah, we're here to talk about New South Wales greyhounds and New South Wales greyhounds only. So um, yeah, we enjoy it. We we live and we breathe it. And uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully they'll let us back next year. <laughs> hey mate, to you and Paula and, and the kids, them and well, um, Merry Christmas, have a great and happy New Year. Uh, as I said, 2022. I think it's just going to be, uh, we're going to go to a new level in greyhound racing in New mm. South Wales. Uh, and I can't wait to get to it, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Merry Christmas to all our viewers, our listeners. Uh, and same to you, Duke, you and the kids. And uh, have a great Christmas. Happy New Year. And we're going to, I'm sure we're going to be back next year at some stage in some format, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Well, maybe I will be. Maybe. Yeah, I could, I could shake you. I haven't ground. told you. Shake you uh, all right. Timmy the Battling New Bold. Uh, to all our viewers, all our listeners, uh, thank you for your support. It's been great. As I said, we love the feedback. We love doing what we do for you. Uh, I'd like to wish each and every one of you and your family a very, very Merry Christmas, a safe and happy new year, and we'll see you in 2022. Mm -hmm.